Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What's going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, bringing you another episode of the Behind the Eyepatch podcast. As always, I am not alone. Tyler, man, how are you doing this fine evening? It is game week, my man. Game week, and it Woo-hoo. seems like we were just podcasting yesterday. It almost feels like it was just yesterday. Yes, it does. We alas, <laughs> alas, it feels as though Labor Day has been one day away. Ah, yes. So on this fine Tuesday evening, we sit here. It, we are officially one week away. In fact, a week from now, we will either be in a celebratory state of mind or our thoughts will be slowly creeping back uh, to the draft time as (laughs) as they have so many times in the past seasons where by the end of September, I start paying more attention to college football because I'm excited about "Hmm, who could Oakland pick up here in about six months. So hopefully that is not the case this year. I'm picking it to not be the case. Dang it. Knock on wood. If you're with me. No, thank you. Gosh, I I don't know. I had to. I had to. You know that I'm done. I'm done. I just had to do that once. Everybody else is doing it. I wanted to be like the cool kids. You know what? If everybody else were jumping off a cliff, would you jump off a cliff? No, because my back hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm going to put a poll up on Facebook. I want to see how many people are still, you know, rolling with that knock on wood thing and how many people like myself are kind of like, all right, I'm done with this. Like that was seeing it a couple times on Hard Knocks, which, by the way, I believe there's an episode on, perhaps even as we speak, or actually, I think it's over now. It's over. Uh, yep, I've got to go over. back, rewatch that, pleasure my eyes on uh, the latest Hard Knocks episode. I've really been enjoying that series this year. I'm not gonna lie, better than yeah. I had actually thought I would. I thought, yeah, I thought it was gonna be. Maybe it's just because it's the Raiders, but I yeah. also think I also think Gruden kind of. And Mayock both knew how to control the madness. Like, yeah. did you hear? Did you hear uh, Gruden after we cut Doss? Did you hear his conference yesterday after we we had cut Doss and we kind of no, had our fifty three man yet. roster, quote unquote? Uh, he was like, he was. They were like, why did you cut Doss? And he was like, well, that was your storyline. That's not my storyline. And pretty much said like. You know, that was all made up on on Hard Knocks. Like, we liked it. We liked the guy, but that's not what the film said. The film said we had better wide receivers on tape than he was. And so I was like, it's easy to get sucked into yes. buying the hype. Yes. And I think they put their hype on things that people would buy into. Um, and, and maybe, you know, like A.B. really did have frostbite on his feet. I know that's true, but perhaps it wasn't as bad as 
everyone thought it was. Um, yeah. You know, they had me thinking that he needed to be down in uh, in uh, Louisiana, one of the best uh, wound clinics that there is, and that his feet were going to fall off and stuff. And perhaps right. it wasn't quite that bad. Right. And you know, like like uh, Anthony told us on the last podcast. Uh, it was that was the national media that were blo- that they were the ones blowing that story up out of proportion. Uh, obviously, high praise for the local local beat writers saying that no, nobody really got caught up in that. It was all the national stuff that everybody was like, "Oh, here we go again with Antonio Brown," and oh my gosh, and he might not even play this season, and all that turned out to just be a bunch of smoke and mirrors. And it's like, you know, and then when you get down and you actually hear it from Gruden. You know, like with this DOS thing, you know, he's just like, no, that was your guys' narrative. You know, we, you know, I'm not going to sit there and tell you, oh, well, wait a second, wait a second. You guys are creating this narrative. I'm here to tell you that's wrong. I'm going to let you guys run with it, but I'm going to just go make my own decisions because at the end of the day, I'm the coach of the Raiders and I don't care what you guys do, you know, sitting on your couch typing up the next story. Uh, Exactly. You know, I'm, there's a reason I'm the coach of an NFL team. And, you know, you're sitting there, you know, late at night, you know, with bloodshot eyes trying to crank out some story that will get a lot of clicks. So uh, and he doesn't pander to that. And I like that. I like yep. that. He and Mayock, they just you know what? There's an oh, there's a saying uh, the dogs will bark, but this caravan will move on. And uh, and this caravan. What does that of the mean? I think it's just like, you know, when caravans would go through like old towns, you know, it's sure. like the dogs would come out in the streets because there were a lot of actually like dogs and stuff. Like, in fact, here's an interesting tidbit in New York. There were a lot of pigs that would roam the streets. Did you know hmm. that? I yeah, did pigs not know that. that would roam the streets uh, in, in, in the days of old. Um and, I know uh, that there's a lot of dogs that roam the streets in Ecuador. Birch will attest to that. Ah, okay. So, yeah, so same type of deal. Uh, so the dogs will come out and bark, but this caravan moves on. And so the caravan... So the they're Oakland not Raiders, slowing down for nobody and know how. Right, exactly. They're not spooked. They're not jittered. They're not, they don't care about what all these yapping people are talking about. I like about this or, analogy. Well yeah, done. Yeah, but this caravan, it's just going to keep doing what it's going to keep doing. And so I like that. As a Raider fan, I'm like, thank you. We're not... We're not pandering to, to, you know, oftentimes flawed and errored media. So, um, awesome sauce. And I try to keep a fairly level head and, right. and try to, like, okay, there's there's stuff coming out about Doss. He looks good. But, you know, I, who am I? I'm not in, I'm not in uh, camp every day. I don't watch practice every day. I don't right. get to, you know, I, I don't get to be there. And so... You know, maybe obviously Gruden and Mayock did not like exactly what they saw. They tried to get him back on the practice squad, but ended up in Jacksonville. So anyway, anyway, that was I thought that was interesting uh, going along with your your enjoyment of hard knocks. It's easy to get caught up in what they want you to get caught up in. But alas, if you keep a level head, you use your common judgment, you're kind of like, yeah, that uh, that Anthony Rush, he did really well. Let's let's see if we can develop him a little bit more. Same with Keelan Doss, but Doss probably better off in Jacksonville to crack the squad. I wish him best, the best of luck. Absolutely, absolutely. Raider Nation, Tyler, man, we have a fantastic interview with a returning guest. Had him on before the draft. Really excited for this guy. He's been with us before, like I said, Raider Nation. Going to help us get a few insights into week one, Monday night late game against the Denver Broncos. 
Uh, he, is, he is a beat writer for the Denver Broncos. And, uh, you know, without any further ado, Tyler, I say let's just get right into it. Let's get into it, Mr. Christopher Englidge. Raider Nation, a man that needs no introduction, Chris Englidge. Chris, my man, how are you doing? How's the offseason been? We we talked earlier this offseason, but we finally now have a little meat to sink our teeth into. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, man? Before we get to this game, how's the offseason treated you? I'm doing great. Offseason has been uh, interesting, to say the least. Yes. Um, I am just so excited. Can't wait to get to Monday night. It's a, it's a great game. Um as a fan, obviously, I'm a huge diehard Raiders fan, so I'm really looking forward to that. Going to be taking my dad to the game, surprised him with tickets, so he's excited. Oh, yeah, buddy. And then, as we all know, I do also cover the Denver Broncos for the Broncos Wire, so it's, you know, the best of both worlds, Raiders Broncos, to get the season going. Now, we can forgive you for that, um, <laughs> uh, just because you are a diehard Raider fan, and, you're you know, this is more of the line of duty for you yeah. for the Denver Broncos, but because it is Bronco Week, man, obviously, we thought it'd be a great idea Get him on the podcast. Let's start. Uh, let's start rattling off, figuring out what the heck some of these rumors coming out of the Denver training camp. Figure out what we're going to see Monday night as a person who obviously dives a little more in depth uh, into the Broncos than either Tyler and I do. So before we get started, though, man, hit up Raider Nation. Where can they find you? Obviously on social media. Uh, how how can we get at you? Um, if you want to follow me on social media, just look me up, Sports with Chris. Um, pretty easy to spell exactly how it normally is spelled. Um, follow me, I'll follow back, and I am all about the sports talk. That's all you're going to find on my social medias. Awesome. Awesome. Tyler, man, let's just get, we've got a kind of, I feel a little weird here, Chris, because I feel like we've got like an enemy in the camp. But here you are, you have a Raider hat on, like. He's a spy. A, He's yeah, our spy. So, so. Tyler, I'm going to let you fire off the first question, man. What you got for Chris? Uh, Chris and I have already been talking, and I sent him, like, he was like, what do you think you're going to ask about? So let me <laughs> uh, let me pull up. I- I'm curious to know, really, just trying to get into, like, who the starters are going to be for the Broncos. Um, and-, and I guess we'll just kind of go from there because I have some more questions. But what is the starting offense look like what does the starting defense look like we know that joe flacco uh was brought over in a trade so i mm-hmm. presume he will be the starting quarterback yep presume that philip Lindsay is back from that wrist injury yep. that he suffered against the raiders assume he will probably be the starting running back i don't know what their offensive line looks like i don't know what their offensive uh their receivers look like so why don't we start with with uh those guys yeah, so as far as the offense is concerned, we all know they made the trade. They acquired Joe Flacco. They, they get rid of Case Keenum. And I was looking at some of their stats. It's kind of awkward to look at because Flacco, as we know, didn't play the whole year with Lamar Jackson. Um, but when you look at their numbers, Flacco compared to Keenum, they're very similar. Uh, their completion percentages are different by uh, just over one, one, uh, one point or one number, depending on how you look at it. Flacco, 61.2. Case Keenum, 62.3 completion percentage. Their yards per game, Flacco averaged about 30 more yards. TD uh, to interception ratio, 12 to 6 for Flacco, 18 to 15 for Keenum. So neither very eye-popping. Their ratings, 84 for Flacco, 81 for Keenum. 
Uh, QBR was a lot better for Flacco, 54.8, compared to Keenum's 44.5. And again, when another similar stat, when you look at their yards per attempt, 6.5 for Flacco, 6.6 for Keenum. Wow. So all in all, when I was looking at the stats, there was nothing that jumped out at me that said the Broncos clearly got better with this move. Right. Um, if, if they made this trade in 2012 when he's coming off of his best season that he had, it's like, okay, yeah, I could see that. But right. when it, when right. it, when he's coming off of these numbers, I don't know. You're kind of just throwing a dart, kind of like they did with Case Keenum and uh, Elway's probably hoping this one lands. And then... They got Brandon Allen as a backup quarterback. They just picked up with uh, Drew Locke unavailable right now. Um, so it's and they're only carrying two quarterbacks on the roster. Last year, going into the season, they carried three. If you Neither, guys need one, we have a few. Yeah, we've got like what, like seven or eight? Four. Se- yeah, I think no. I think we're up to seven now. Oh so. wow! <laughs> Can't confirm or deny that. I Barry don't Collins. know how reliable my source is, but Barry <laughs> Collins coming back, Carson yes. Palmer coming back. Uh, Marquez, Tuiasa Sopo, and Gradkowski. Oh. <laughs> Rumor so, has it that uh, Matt McGloin might come back too, so you never know. Oh, hey. yes. Yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, nothing like a little uh, red rifle 2.0. Oh, man. Uh, but when I, yeah. when I look at these moves that the Broncos made, I think a lot of it is they're banking on the fact that their talent on the roster is better than their record showed last year. And part of me could kind of see that because six of the games that they lost last year were by a touchdown or less. And then three of those six games were decided by three points or less. But when you go with that argument, you always have to look at the flip side. They did win. I think it was three or four games by a touchdown or less. So like they had 10 or 11 games that were close games. Right. But, I mean, we saw the Raiders in 2016. They won 12 games, and all 12 of those were pretty much nail-biters. Right. So just a few things going their way. Who knows? Maybe they sneak into the playoffs last year, but they they kind of sputtered out, lost the last four games, and then they really didn't make any drastic changes. Um, they were banking on Emmanuel Sanders coming back healthy. As it stands now, he's going to suit up week one. They obviously don't have Demarius Thomas like they did going into last year, so that bumps up that pretty much bumped up every receiver on their depth chart one spot. And rather than going out and making some acquisition like the Raiders did and getting Williams and Brown, they drafted uh, who was it, Jawan Winfrey in the fifth or sixth round in the draft, and that was really the only move that they made as far as wide receivers were concerned. So all all their guys just jumped up one spot, and then at tight end was I guess what you could say other than Flacco was their biggest splash would be right. Noah Font in the first round. But even then, when you look at the depth chart, Jeff Hurman is listed as one, Noah Font is listed at two. So wow. even, I'm not sure. I would assume they're going to like use him a lot in the passing game, but even going off the depth chart, still not 100% positive on that. And then same old, same old as last year, going into week one, look out for Philip Lindsay because that guy's a beast. Obviously, we right. didn't know that going into last year, week one. Um, right. But this time around, it's yeah, he's the real deal. Yeah, that's the I think the biggest thing that that and I think a lot of people underestimate Emmanuel Sanders coming back mm-hmm. uh, because I think that's for for Flacco I think that's going to be huge. Um, if you want some fantasy free fantasy advice, I would definitely pick up Emmanuel Sanders late round. There you go, Raider Nation. Yeah, I uh, think but him and Sutton both could be a good fantasy play. Right, right, and Sutton I know was a guy they had a lot you know, a lot of high hopes with last year. How, mm-hmm. how was if I remember correctly Sutton. I think he flashed at times, but it wasn't a consistent play, if I'm not exactly. mistaken. Is that correct? Yeah. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, it was, so, wasn't quite on the scale of what we've seen of like Amari Cooper, but it was the same concept of he's here one week, he's gone the next. Right, right. So, I mean, I think as as a whole, like, and we've talked about this before, Flacco doesn't scare me. And as you read on paper, you know, some of the similarities, you know, from obviously Chris last year's quarterback. straight knowledge bombs right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, you know, I, I think the, the stats back it up a bit. Now, obviously, Flacco, Flacco has the pedigree um, and obviously the history. So, you know, there's always that chance. But one thing that's intrigued me, and I've seen some reports on this, and maybe you can shed some light on this, is um, I've heard that the Denver Broncos offensive line is just not that good. Is that the case this year? Are there a lot of moving parts there, or what's going yeah, on? Yeah, it's it's a it's a whole reshuffling. I had to write it all down on paper just to make sure I was tracking all their moves correctly. <laughs> so um, let's look at this here. So they draft Dalton Risner to play left guard. I like and then, that. They, oh, I think that's a phenomenal pick. I certainly don't think they're going to have any problems at that spot. But then that moves last year's starting left guard, Ron Leary, to right guard. Okay. And then they no longer have Paradis at center. So then that moves last year's right guard, Connor McGovern, to center. And they're still going to have Garrett Bowles on um, left tackle. And then they signed Jawan James to a $51 million contract to play right tackle. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he used to play for Miami. It was one of those things. I was uh, looking up different articles and stuff, and, and some of the sources from which they were coming from kind of got to take with a grain of salt. But there was one that was titled Miami Dolphins Laugh at Broncos for Giving James $51 million contract. Oh. So, it's, oh. so it it's, was a uh, horrible move. Uh, course, <laughs> Allegedly. Depending on how you look at it and who you're reading it from. I could have just been a salty Dolphins fan. I'm not too sure. Um, but it's a whole lot of reshuffling on that offensive line. So it's kind of one of those, how quickly are they going to be able to gel together? Right. And if I remember correctly, Flacco's one of those guys that he's got to have some time. I don't. He's not a big <laughs> Ben. He's not no. a Russell Wilson who, uh, who kind of almost thrives with a little bit of pressure being able to move yeah. around and, and yeah. make things happen. Flacco's, Flacco's like a Derek Carr, man. He's got to, you got to give him a clean pocket or else it, it could be, could turn yeah. out to be a long yeah. game. Carr gets rid of it super quick though, but Flacco, yeah. I don't, I don't think he has his, for one, I don't think he has as quick of a release as Carr. And then two, um, like you said, he needs that protection because he likes to really survey his options and see what he has. He's right. not very mobile. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So the, I think the biggest thing for Oakland, in my opinion, going into the Monday night game, I would have to say is the running back position. You got to keep an eye on that. Got to stop that because that guy. I mean, he was on his way to having a. I mean, you're talking, you know, massive rookie of the year type. I know he was in the discussion, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, uh, until mm-hmm. that injury. So, um, it, you know, and we see this a lot of times though. We see players that will flash one year. And then, you know, it seems like it dies down the second year. You know, teams kind of maybe get wise to it. Uh, but at that running back position, you know, there's not really much you can get wise to. You usually see that in the quarterback position. You see guys like Robert Griffin III. That's why I'm not I'm not betting huge money on that, like, guys like Lamar Jackson. Even Patrick Mahomes are going to have the types of seasons that they had last year just because it seems like, at that, at least at that quarterback position, Teams start to get it figured out, and then you start mm-hmm. to see the decline. But at the running back position, if you're just good, 
it just seems like you're just good and and yeah. you can scheme for that all you want but um you know it's going to really come down to if if Denver's got a pass game that they can complement the run game with because i think Denver the, the Broncos you know are going to lean on Philip if i'm not mistaken but we're going to have to see how that yeah. line looks like you said because that's going to be the real kind of tell of the tail of the mm-hmm. tape um, on both through the air and on the ground, because that, yeah. it, that I feel like that's either going to be the Broncos being this you know nine and seven you know type team that's vying for a wild card, mm-hmm. or you know a four and twelve, five and eleven type campaign, yeah. and everybody's going, you know, is John Elway really the best person to be running this? Exactly. You know, yeah. So, and a lot of people are hoping they they want to see the Raiders, you know, be aggressive early with Antonio Brown and Josh Jacobs. Well. You don't really hear it's not the sexy thing to talk about with the deep Raiders defense right now, but I really hope that the defense comes out aggressive. I want to see Abram and Joseph and the safeties coming up in the box. I want to see the lots of blitzes because Denver, when you look at their who they have on paper, they're not going to beat you through the air, kind of like a Patrick Mahomes and things like that. Right. I would force them to try to beat me through the air and load that box and prepare for guys like Devontae Booker, Roy, Royce Freeman, and Philip Lindsay on the ground. Right, And I right. think we've got a great, like you mentioned, Abram and Joseph. I think that's a, gr- well, and you've got Harris too. Yeah. Uh, those are great guys to plug in and, and fill those, those gaps, you know, when they're trying to, you know, they're in good in run, run support. There we go. Yeah. There we yeah. go. Yeah. Good in run support. And yeah. then we only have four linebackers, so they're going to have <laughs> to be playing yeah. up in the box a little bit. I would guess like the scheme Probably the like we've heard they're going to be running a lot of nickel, um, and, which is fine with me. I think we've got enough safeties. Uh, we've got five on the roster, so I think we've got good safeties for run support. Um, mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> I'm really looking at at Joiner to lock down oh, yeah. that slot position too. So yep. great, and he's decent in run support himself. Yeah, I love and, those hybrid guys. Yep, and I think that's what we're going to see a lot of this year not to get away from the Broncos but I think a lot of the you know it, it kind of started in Arizona I I can't remember the guy's name um that was kind of one of those first hybrid what is he a safety no is he a linebacker mm-hmm. not really Buchanan no was it Dale Buchanan maybe um but anyway yeah that that's a, a great point that you bring up there stop the run make him pass and I think with Mullen uh with uh oh my gosh conley and mm-hmm. Worley and uh this new uh Keyshawn nixon i think that's yeah. a, a great a great secondary to stop the pass yeah yeah and before we dive too deep into the raiders defense i know the one thing that everybody's touting at least from what i've heard you know from rumors and, and what i've seen on social media is that the denver broncos defense is back this year they're going to be back and in full force what say you to that yeah that that's the one thing i agree with um pretty much oh they have a lot of players returning they made two good splashes in free agency signing kareem jackson from houston bryce callahan from chicago and then their biggest splash it was their new head coach vic fangio that guy's yes. i have an article on broncos wire on his just his entire track record of success from like the 70s onward that dude is he's got the Midas touch. No matter where he goes, whatever defense he gets his hands on, look out because they mean business. And that's right. the one thing I'm I'm looking forward to. I do, not just because I'm a Raiders fan, I do think the Raiders will <laughs> beat the Broncos on Monday Night Football, but I do expect it to be a close game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 
whatever team has the ball last wins. Because I, I think that defense means business. And yes, the Raiders have the firepower on offense. But that defense, you still have Von Miller and Nick Chubb. And then you add Vic Fangio to, to lead them as the coach. I think I think they're going to mean business. Excellent point. And I think that's that's a good that's a good point because we're we're heading into um, it's going to be a good test. We're going to get to see how good is Oakland's offense against what I think is going to be, you know, we're going to, how good is Denver's oh, yeah. defense? Such because a everybody's, good test. So, so, uh, you know, if, if Oakland goes in there and puts up 32, heck, you know, anything over 24 on a defense that's yeah. supposed to, you know, out it is at least preseason, one of the, at least that top five, top three defense in the league, um, mm-hmm. then, then Oakland's got, Raider Nation's got a lot to be excited about. And, and oh, yeah, definitely. they certainly have the, we've got the weapons, We'll just find out how fast everybody's able to mesh and gel. Uh-huh. And, and week one, man, I, I would say I think it's going to help Oakland a lot, too, to be having that week one at home and not in mile high. Because for whatever reason, man, they get to mile high, and that's just a whole different animal. It's like going to yep. Arrowhead. Uh, yep. there's, you know, the, the, the Chiefs can be a, a four-win team in a year. But, man, it's just like whenever Oakland has to travel to Arrowhead, man, that's one of their wins is against yep. Oakland at home. So, mm-hmm. anyhow, all right. So I just want to bring up. I just want to bring up one point. You're talking yes. about uh, how good Nick Chubb is, how good Von Miller is. Uh, I want to remind you who we brought over to play right tackle, and yep. what yeah. what player said he hated going against him. Well, that would be Von Miller going against Trent Brown. <laughs> we may have found his kryptonite. I hope that's the case. Yep. Uh, and and uh, I, you know, I, if they can if they can stymie Chubb on the against Miller and and Trent Brown, you know, is that kryptonite to uh, Von Miller's Superman? Mm-hmm. That that may be something to watch in that yeah. Monday night game. Yeah, I'm going to be looking for. A lot of shotgun looks from Derek Carr with whether it's Rashard, Washington, or Jacobs. Doesn't matter because they can all catch, they can all run, they're all fast. And a lot of little quick out routes, screen actions, get those edge rushers coming in, open up those lanes, get anything to get them out of the play. I'm expecting the Raiders to do that. Nice, nice. And uh, that's that's a good point, Tyler, because I, you know, you got to think that Oakland saw that. You know, we're going to be playing Von Miller twice a year and Chubb twice a year. Bosa you know, and Ingram and Yeah, Bosa and Ingram twice a year as well. Frank so Clark and Kansas City. Like, the list yeah, goes on. There's yep. some yeah. freakish edge rushers. Justin yeah. Houston. And so we are the, the one juggernaut, so a good segue into Oakland side of the ball, is going to be, you know, our, our one guy at the end. What, I always forget his name. I always call him the wrong thing. He's second-year player. Miller. Um, Colton. Miller, yes, yeah, Colton. I think I called. Oh, Pete. yeah, Col- Oh, for the Raiders. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to Oakland side of the ball. Colton Miller. Yeah. That's going to be the big thing for Oakland this year because obviously taking first round, you know, had, that was a big head scratcher. I would say uh, for a lot of Raider Nation. Yeah. Um, and we're going to find out. I think this year if that's going to pay dividends or not. And mm-hmm. and um, if it I'll does, I'll be honest. That's that's one of the things I am really nervous about on Monday night. Is I have faith in Trent Brown because he has a track record of success. Colton Miller has spotty success, and I'll be, he was a rookie, and I, I have seen pictures, I'm sure you've seen him too on social media, of how he's beefed up and added muscle and stuff, um, but 
it's a great test week one to, to truly figure out, all right, what are you made of? What have you truly spent your time doing this offseason? Because it's going to show in week one. Right. And, you know, the big the big thing last year was that, if I'm not mistaken, he had Osemele next to him. And they said that was a huge help yeah. for him, uh, you know, in, in recognizing, you know, schemes and everything like that. Well, he's not there this year. In Oakland, their two guards are going to be out at least the first couple of weeks. And Gabe Jackson and Incognito, yeah. the guys are going to be starting down the line. So he's kind of it's going to be feet to the fire week one for mm-hmm. Miller and, and I wouldn't he's be gonna, surprised for for both teams if we see a lot of sacks in week one just because right. Denver's got the whole reshuffling the Raiders have guys that are out new guys in changing positions because for Trent Brown he was on the left side last year he moves to the right so it's it's a toss-up right. for both teams but he right. has played the right he played right predominantly in San Francisco too so mm-hmm. I don't think it was hard for him to go from one side to the other which is nice and yeah. I, you know, I like to give Miller the benefit of the doubt that he's he played through a pretty severe injury last year. Yeah. He played through yeah. the same type of injury that's keeping Jay, Gabe Jackson out right mm-hmm. now through that MCL that's strain, true. tear, whatever you yeah. want to call it. But you're trying to anchor, you know, I, I can't remember which leg it was, but either leg you're trying to anchor and kick. And, and that's just not that's not doesn't feel good. Number mm-hmm. one. And you don't have that strength and stability in that knee. Whether you have a ginormous knee brace or not, muscles are going to do more than a knee brace. So right. anyway, that that's one thing, too, that I, I felt bad for Miller. Hey, congratulations. You've started your uh, fantasy football draft. Who are you taking? <laughs> it popped up on my phone. It's a, it's a, an auction, as we mentioned. So this is all new for me, new territory. Um, oh, but, uh, Perhaps we'll Micah how- can help you. No, I cannot help you. He deals in real estate. He should know a good deal when he sees one. Uh, Back back to that point you were making, though, about um, Miller and his injury. I might be mistaken, but didn't the Raiders fire their uh, strength and conditioning coach they had last year? And didn't they bring in a new guy? They brought they fired. uh, Yeah. Halfway about three quarters of the way through the season, they fired him and they did bring in a new strength and conditioning staff. So that. Yeah. Yeah. There was the whole staff. That's right. Yeah. So So we'll we'll see if that pays off as well. Okay, so so what let me ask you, Chris, what do you expect to see come Monday night? What type of game? I we've touched on it a little bit. But let's just uh, let's just get right into it. Tell me what type of game you see, what you predict. Uh, we'll get into some predictions here in a minute, and uh, give me a score. I think it, we're going to see both teams coming out trying to be aggressive, take taking advantage of the yips, you know, from from their opponent. Um, I do think it's going to be a bit of a shootout. I'm going to say the Raiders win thirty to twenty-four. 30 to 24. I like it. Ooh, if Oakland puts up 30 points on Denver, I'd be, like I said before, I'd be pretty excited. I'm having flashbacks to 2016 at that point <laughs> and trying not to get too excited, but going, okay, this is an offense that, you know, against a, a defense that is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we start playing some of these middle of the road, you know, bottom 10 defenses. Uh, Oakland yeah. could, could be, you know, just totally ripping some teams. Yeah. Tyler, how about you? What do you see come Monday night? Well, that's the thing is I don't know much about the Broncos. I I, I mean, all offseason, all I heard was they picked up Joe Flacco, and that was like, that was it. So, and, and I know they have a new head coach. So I kind of looked at 
the numbers that Chris just threw out like 20 minutes ago. And I'm like, so really they didn't upgrade the quarterback position much, uh, in, in Baltimore. I'm not really even so sure if it was Joe Flacco that was winning games or if it was their defense that was winning games. So perhaps he's in the same type of situation. If, if Denver's defense is back, like they say it is, Mm -hmm. um, I, maybe they don't need him to be great. They just need him to be a manager, which is fine. Um, but he's not going to lead them to any giant victories, I don't feel like. So you got a new head coach versus a coach coming into a second year and Carr feeling more comfortable in the offense. It would not surprise me that, you know, the, the Oakland Coliseum is going to be rocking. Like it is yeah. the last year there. They've yes. got one more shot at redemption. I guarantee you that people are going to be going nuts and it is going to be loud and it is going to be tough for a new quarterback in a new atmosphere in a well, maybe he's not a new quarterback. He's new to the system in yep. a new atmosphere. That is going to be tough to overcome because I know the nation is going to show out. I um, I expect a win I really do from the Raiders. What I would love to see is I would love to just see a B torch those fools for 150 yards receiving and call, call the chicken plan twice because (laughs) I'm, I am so sick and tired of putting up with people's garbage in Bronco land. I'm about ready to light fire to the place. Like I'm just, I'm done (laughs) with it. Like, Oh, a B he's such a diva, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, We'll see who the diva. I, I don't say this because I I I don't like to badmouth other teams. I keep it inside. But you know what? I would just love to go back to work on Tuesday and be like, "How was that diva?" You know, <laughs> like how did how did uh, it, it, is Chris Harris still their top quarter? Yes. How did Chris Harris look uh, Monday night? How did he like chasing AB all game long? And and, yeah. and just leave it at that. I would love that. So yep. I'm gonna go. 24-17, Raiders get the win. I like it. I like it. Now, that segues in perfectly. to I want I want a couple predictions from both you guys. Chris, we're going to start with you. G- give us some – at least one of them has to be, you know, you know, it can't – don't play it safe. Don't play it safe. Give, give me two predictions from Monday's night game, from, from the Monday night game, um, uh, what we're going to see. So another – what we're going to see on Monday night? Yeah, give give me I don't I don't know. Uh, two bold gets two sacks. Yeah, give us some bold oh, predictions. Here. Okay, two bold predictions. Well, I don't know if you saw James Jones on NFL Network. He had AB with 13 catches, 200 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Woo. But uh, I'm gonna say Derek Carr comes out and throws five touchdowns. Wow. Holy uh, Moses! I'm gonna say Arden Key gets. Uh, I'm gonna say Arden Key has three sacks. Raven. Raven. Good knit. Good knit, man. We'll, we'll I, see. I, yeah, that was bold. Like I was. I, like, feel, I feel like he was. He had me just so frustrated last year. Key, what? I'm talking about, because yeah. he would get right there and just like have the Darren McFadden syndrome, where he would slip and fall, or just like totally run, <laughs> overrun the quarterback. And it was like right. he's right, right there, just tackle the guy. And I feel like if he could just hone in a little bit down on those, yep, he's gonna be a beast. Yep, and I we talked about that last year. We talked about it all off season. I he he put himself in position to make plays, but he's a rookie, and you could just tell he he he, he couldn't finish it. He he was yeah. there, and he just wasn't able to do it. 
Tyler, two bold predictions. Monday night game. What you got? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that A B goes over 120 yards receiving. I feel that's that's fairly attainable. So maybe I'll say 150. He goes over 150. I like it. And he and he has he has at least two touchdowns. Ooh, I like it. I like it. And then on the opposite side of the ball, I'm going interception. Conley has at least one. I'm going one for Conley in this like game. It. There you go. I like it. Uh, you know, I'm going to roll. Gosh, uh, here we go. Okay, so I'm going to roll this all up because my prediction is, and it might be bold, but I think, I think Denver's offense is going to be pretty vanilla on Monday night. And I think Oakland's defense has – I don't – I don't think it's a top 10 defense, but where did we end last year? I think we were like 25th, 26th in the defensive column overall. I think you're going to see a big difference. I think maybe more like 15, 16, something like that. Enough of a difference where it's going to make a difference in games. There were times mm-hmm. last year, like when we saw Kansas City, man, they started to come back. They were making a run, and yep. they just needed to stop, and they couldn't get it. And you saw that a lot towards the end of games. It's like yep. they would have a, a pretty solid third quarter. They'd come out. They'd get some stops. The offense was able to move down the field, and you'd think, okay, you know, we've, like, the last two drives have been three and outs. Let's do it again. And then they would just, you know, they'd let somebody just plow down the field for a touchdown. Um, I think this defense is a lot better, a lot faster. Uh, so I think it's actually going to be a fairly sizable blowout. I'm going to go 31-13 Oakland. Oh, you're going to have a lot of people. I like that. Gonna, I, I think a lot of people. Knock on wood if you're with Micah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think a lot of people are going to sit up Tuesday morning and take notice and go, wait a second, 31-13? That wasn't even yeah. close. I like, I have been high, high, high on Josh Jacobs. I knew this was coming. Get ready this for guy, this, Chris. He's this going guy, home like 200 team, yards. My, my main fantasy league. There we go. I, 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 I think this guy is just an animal. And um, I, I think it's kind of like the Mike Mayock pickup. I don't think Raider Nation quite understands yet what we've what we've got in Josh Jacobs. Yeah. I'm going to go over 125 yards on the ground. I knew okay. it. I'm also going to go another 40 yards through the air and two touchdowns on the night for Josh Woo! Jacobs. I think he's going to have a beast debut on the Monday night stage. Now, obviously, East Coast people might be asleep by then. Um, but oh, I, I guarantee think- you Raider Nation will not be asleep. No, they will Raider Nation will be asleep. But since the game starts at like – 1030 uh, <laughs> post time uh, there, you know, I don't know, but you know, first week of football, you might have a lot of people staying up to watch that. And then I'm going to go Abrams, man. Abrams is also going to show up, get himself an interception um, on the big stage Monday night. I think this guy is good. I, I, I've talked about it. I'm not as sold on him as some people are. Some people, he's like the second coming of Charles Woodson. I think he's solid. I think he's an upgrade at what we had. Um, and, but I think because Flacco loves to toss those deep balls, he loves to, he loves yeah. that he those high arching, you know, and in Baltimore, he had the receivers that could make the plays. I don't think he's got those receivers in Denver. Uh, so I think Abrams is going to have a shot at a couple interceptions. I do think he'll bring down one interception uh, on the night, uh, in his, in his rookie debut on the big stage. So, so it's a it's, it's all across the board. Everybody's got the Raiders beating the Broncos open the season. I will add another prediction in there because, um, you know, I do have to talk some Broncos. I'm going to say yep. no, Noah Font 
two touchdown catches in his debut, and Philip Lindsay combined over 150 yards. I like it. I, you know, and I can see it because Oakland has had they they have a they have had a history of struggling to cover the tight end. Yep. I don't see really anything that we've done to correct that in the no. offseason. In fact, the safety we brought in from the Rams is is he is he he's barely taller than Joseph. Five ten. So what uh, what is Abram? What does he stand at? I think he's a- like I think he's five ten. Okay, yeah, I so think Abram might they might list him at six foot, but I think uh, Eric Harris is six one or six two. Yeah, uh, but he's our biggest by far our biggest safety because you've got uh, I know they list Joiner I think is listed at five nine. I'm pretty okay. sure they list Joseph at five ten. I think they may have listed. Uh, Abram at either 5'11 or 6 foot, but he's more like a, a, a very short 5'11 or a very short 6 foot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so Abram, I mean, you got Abram, you've got uh, Joseph. Like I said, we haven't done much. There aren't any real linebackers. Oakland is still, besides maybe Nicholas Morrow, if he makes a big leap this year, we just don't have anybody with any kind of height that can cover the tight end, which is going to be tough because I do think uh, uh, the young man in, in Denver, Font. Yeah, Noah Font. Font. I, I think he's going to be a stud. Um, and of course, you've got Kelsey and then uh, Hunter Henry coming back for the Chargers. So I think that's going to yep. be a fit Oakland fits again this year all right so so it's, yeah. it's so they list they list uh abram at six foot okay. but i'm pretty sure he's under six foot <laughs> okay in, in real life in real life so maybe with right. like like really long studded cleats on or right. something like, <laughs> you know, on, on hard ground it gives him right. those extra couple quarter inches. inch cleats so- and uh some heel rate <laughs> risers in both shoes <laughs> But uh, yeah, kind of smaller guys. So we're going to get into a little bonus here because it is the first week of football. Uh, it's been a long offseason. I think every Raider fan can attest to that. Although I have to say it's been a more exciting offseason yeah. than it has been in the past uh, with the acquisitions. And I just think Oakland, I feel like we, I think last year it maybe wasn't the bottom, rock bottom, but I feel like we're starting to climb up a little bit here. We're two days away. We got Monday night opener. We got Chicago Bears. We got Green Bay Packers. Awesome rivalry in the NFL. Guys, give me some, give me your guys' score predictions for that game. What do you guys see happening? Opening the 2019 season, the 100th season, according to what I've seen on social media. I know yeah. there's a little debate about that, whether when the actual first game was played, but I think they're just rolling with it. it's the 100th season in the NFL. So um, <laughs> I saw that. I, I heard it today. Somebody was like, well, it wasn't actually the the it wasn't actually a hundred years ago that the first game was it was like or hundred season. I was like, well, okay, I don't. So I, I'm I'm just covering my bases basically. Yeah. So what do you guys see happening Thursday night to open the season? Oh well, Chris, I, Chris, I, let's I, go with you first. I think it overall is going to be a close game. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's kind of a low scoring game. I'm gonna say Packers win twenty one to thirteen. I like it. I like it, Tyler. We got we got Khalil Mack. The Bears rested. are going 0-16 this year. Breach. <laughs> knock so, on wood. <laughs> knock on wood if you're with me. Oh my gosh, if I hear that one more time. <laughs> no, Micah, it's the new thing. Knock it off. 
Oh, we do oh. it at work now, too. <laughs> nice. See, Chris is in on it. Chris and I will. There, there, and there, I work with coming. another Raider fan, so, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Like it. I like I, it. Um, I really do think I think the Packers take this one. I remember last year opening game. Didn't uh, isn't that the game that Rodgers went down and then Kaiser threw a pick six to. Uh, oh, Lord. To, yeah. Yeah, that, that was that <laughs> game. It was that game where like Booger McFarland first debuted in his stupid wheelchair thing on the sideline. And then, uh, yeah, that broadcast was, was a train wreck. And it was a disaster. Like everybody's like, "Oh, the Raiders got fleeced for Khalil Mack. He's got a sack and a pick six, and the Raiders don't have that all year." Um, so I'm going Packers in a fairly, fairly decisive win. Let's go. Uh, let's go twenty. Let's go. Tw- well, it never ends up twenty-eight. Let's go uh, thirty-one and to twenty. Thirty-one twenty. Okay. There you, go. you know, I think I, the the only reason is because I don't know the Packers, man. I just feel like the the off season, like really, what did they do? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even the the young the rusher out of uh, Michigan that they took what well, the twelfth or thirteenth uh, pick over in the first round. I'm forgetting his name, Ra- Rashawn Gary. There yeah. you go, uh, Gary out of Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, that guy, that was a real head-scratcher to me. And when the Oakland played, and he was in, he was a non-factor, even against our second string. Um, I think that's going to end up being a bust pick for the Packers. I never liked Gary coming out of college anyway. Um, I think looking into my crystal ball, that's going to be, Packer fans are going to be upset about that. I think they thought they were going to get somebody to replace Clay Matthews. He is nowhere near and will never be. <laughs> Uh, anywhere close to Clay Matthews, in my opinion. Um, but I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to go with the Bears just because of that ground game. There's a young man, Montgomery, uh, rookie. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery. Just, yeah, I think that guy is going to be an absolute animal. And I hate to say it because I don't. Cohen. Yeah, and they've got Cohen, an excellent pass catcher out of the backfield. I think that one-two punch is going to help out Trubisky, who I think is a very middle-of-the-road quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything special about Mitchell Trubisky. Um, it was, I just I don't see it. I don't see it. He flashes, um, I, but I don't see anything that, that tells me that Trubisky's going to be this, like, oh, my gosh, you know, top five. This top guy. Five. Right, right. So I, I, but because of the ground game and the defense, the Bears will probably end up winning. I think at least ten or eleven games, uh, even though they have Trubisky on their team. So I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna go with the Bears. I it pains me to say it. My but God, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm gonna go <laughs> Bears. I'm done. Chris, you and I are podcasting together now. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Why? I'm gonna go twenty six. Uh, I'm gonna go 26 to 20 Bears because I don't know either. Like the Packers, um, you know the new the new coach and everything. And the whole the whole weird thing with Aaron Rodgers and I, I think there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes there that we don't know about with Aaron yeah. Rodgers who he who he likes or doesn't like at head coach. If anybody seems like a little bit like a diva, Rodgers almost kind of reminds me of like a little bit a guy who like is super controlling, but you just don't see it. But like behind yeah. the scenes, he's super controlling. I don't Why know. Not? On ESPN today, or maybe it was yesterday, in re- in the in this last week, there was a headline that said it was Matt Lafleur gives Aaron Rodgers permission to audible. Like, 
Really? That's really, first off, that's a headline. And second off, a coach has the audacity to like, oh, yeah, I have to give him permission. Like, it's Aaron right. freaking Rodgers. Like, come on now. Right. Right. So I don't, I just don't see, I, I, I've got an uneasy feeling and I always go with my gut, except for when my gut told me that Mac was going to stick around. That's the only time my gut has let me down. Yep. So uh, I'm going to go with the bears on that one. Guys, give me Chris. I'm going to start with you. I'm putting you on the Do spot. It. Okay. Give me one, two, three. I don't know. Whoever comes off the top of your head, give me some rookies that everybody's hyped on that are going to be a bust this season. Ooh, wow. Talk about getting put on the spot. You can take a minute to think about it. I don't even know if I can name three rookies besides Raiders rookies. Yeah, I know that's immediately where my mind goes. <laughs> because, you know, actually, I read a headline the other day. Hey, I've got one. I've got one. They said I've that Kyler Murray was Oh, was Kyler crazy. Murray. That Oh, my dad and I have been talking about that. I forget he's the rookie. They talk about him so I, much. Yeah, so I don't. went off at the top of your head. I like that. I like that. Pick. Yeah. I got one, Ja'Kai Polite. I think that guy's a bust already. He's already he's a third round draft pick. He's already on his second team on a practice squad, and has a hundred thousand dollars in fines because he oh, didn't that's... show up to work. Now wait, wow. was that was that the Florida player? Yes, sir. What defensive yep, end? Right? Defensive end drafted by the Jets in the third round, and he's already been adios wow. from the Jets. Oh, so he is now on the uh, Seahawks practice squad. It is alleged that he has a hundred thousand dollars in fines for showing up late to team meetings and just not showing up at all. So there's a bust for you. I wow. Like um, you know who? Gosh, I, I always remembered his name because we talked about him so much in the off season. I know who Mike is going end. right. Oh, dang it! I was wrong. I thought I knew, but I was wrong. You know, I would I would say Nikhil Harry, but that's just obvious. He's he's on injured reserve now, uh, so more than likely his first season at the very least will be a bust. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I tell you what, on that really quickly, Oakland's been dodging the injury bullet with these young players because that's the second or third guy that we had earmarked that we wanted the Raiders to pick in the draft that's now gone down with an injury, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Um, so Oakland's like, uh, you know, knock on wood, if you're with me, I can't believe I just said that, but, uh, knock on wood that Oakland's rookies are dodging the injury in the injured list. Except um, for Isaiah Johnson. He broke his face. That's, yeah. true. that's true. But as far as first, right, you know, we haven't yeah, had like yeah. go down with like a high ankle sprain and he's out. For, Stop. You know, just don't put it even into the universe. Don't put <laughs> okay. it out there. I, Okay, I'm going to go with the defensive end, the rookie that everybody said we should take out of Kentucky. And I'm blanking oh, on his Josh name. Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I I'm think gonna go I told Allen. you guys back last time I was on the podcast, the Raiders shouldn't draft him. I want, I'm going to go back and fact check that, but I'm okay. pretty sure I was on that train. You, you have it. You, if, dude, if it's on the air, it's, it's out there. And it's yeah. already, it's, it's, it's been, it's like being on the internet. Once you're on the internet, it's, it's over, there. man. It's, yeah. So, so you have it in writing. We have it on the podcast, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Allen. I'm going to go with Allen. I think Allen's going to put together maybe five sacks this year or so, but I think he's going to be just like uh, mostly a non-factor in games. Actually, I think Jacksonville for the most part is going to be a non-factor this year. Cause I don't, I don't trust Foles over there no. um, uh, in, in Jacksonville. So, but I'm going to go with Allen and then everybody all of a sudden when Farrell is doing solid, and and Allen, in contrast, is 
is playing poorly, I think, than Raider Nation. A lot of a lot of Raider Nation is going to have to eat crow. In fact, there's a lot of crow that Raider Nation is going to have to eat this year because I think if you're one of the people that has recently been spewing about, oh my gosh, get rid of AB. Can we trade him? Can we get and all this stuff? Because it's been ridiculous how fast a lot of Raider Nation has turned on Antonio Brown. You do not get to celebrate when Antonio Brown does anything good. Um, uh, I got a lot of screenshots from stuff that I've seen on Twitter, and either I'm just going to delete them, they're going to end up in the trash if things go south. But, you know, I certainly don't think they are. And I got the receipts, and I am ready to pull them. Dude, yeah, you cash that stuff in because I tell you what, it's been ridiculous. And and like I said, there needs to be a law or a rule that if you've trashed a player, then he goes on and does really well on your team. Then, like, you've got, like, I don't want to hear a peep. I don't want to hear any kind of praise. Yeah. I don't want to hear any excitement when AB scores two or three touchdowns in the game. In fact, I want you to continue. In fact, you, that's what should happen. You should have to go back on social media and continue to trash him like you had before he'd even stepped on the field. You should have, mm-hmm. you should have to, after he puts up 140 yards receiving and three touchdowns, you should have to still go on like you had been. You need to stick to your guns, get back on social media and say, this guy's garbage. Can we trade him? And then then reap the reward uh, for for all of that. So, anywho, I'm, I'm I've done. I've got, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, re- I, Polite's, uh, or polite, or however the heck you say his last name, he's already a bust. So I'm going to give you another one that I thought Micah was going to say that I think is not going to have a good season. That starts in Seattle. Yes, I was going to say that after you made your point. That There you go. I agree. Perfect. So, yeah. so I, I don't think DK Metcalf does what everyone thinks he is going to do. I don't think he's going to revolutionize the Seahawks offense. Because they're a run-first offense, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't think that I don't think he is so great. I guess he's got a nice body, but did uh, you see the the side by side picture of, of him someone and Renfro and Rent? Yeah, and it was like which uh, NFL wide receiver will have more catches this season? I was like, hey, you know, it's going to be Renfro. I'll yeah. take I'll take the Renfro bod any day. Yeah. Catches it might be Metcalf because he's the number one, and presumably I would expect Renfro to be the slot guy, but he's got a lot of other guys ahead of him. But even long-term, I think Renfro will have a far more productive uh, career than Metcalf. Agree, agree. And that's another player that Tyler and I have talked on this very podcast about Tyler that Raider Nation sleeping on. In fact, he was on a lot of people's chopping block when they said they were going to trim the 52-man <sighs> roster. So many people. No, I know. I saw that. Because there were others who do what we do that were like, I don't even know if they're going to make, if he's going to make the 53-man roster. I and bought he, a, I made Micah buy me a jersey. Yeah, That's I was like, how, you, one of you guys had a jersey. Right. I had a bought it for like, me. And my I nephew like, for that. My nephew is named after him, and it was before he was a Raider. He caught the game-winning touchdown pass. My uh, brother-in-law looks at my sister and says, hey, let's name our son Hunter. The rest is history. Wow. You. And Wait, so when the Raiders drafted him, it, it, was, it was destiny. I was a little worried where you were going with that story because when you said you looked at his sister, and I was like, okay, that's <laughs> we don't need any more than that. Like, no, no, it's just the gotta, that's all Okay, oh, but I named him Hunter. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. I do have to say, my little boy, who most of Raider Nation knows, is is a little over a week old now. His first name is Crockett, and that is definitely a tip of the cap to Zach Crockett. Zach Crockett, the, baby. Uh, I, 
I, I one of the first players in my young career of starting out and watching football and deciding way back in the day that I was a Raider fan. Um, I remember watching Zach Crockett and I, I don't remember, I, I can just, I can see like little clips in my mind, but mm-hmm. he was one of those players uh, like Romanowski that stood out to me. And I was just like, Oh yeah. And remind just, just a Raider through and through yeah. just, remind, just the, just the toughness. And you know, I you didn't he, hit Zach Crockett. He hit you. Right. Right. And I remember just thinking, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> that's he right there, you know, at like 10 years old. So um, anyhow, anyhow, love it. Chris, man, we appreciate it so much. Tyler, before we let him get out of here, do you have anything else for him? Because uh, I'm going to hit him with the random cre- questions. Yeah, I remember last time I had to give some love advice, and that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we got to let him redeem himself on a question of perhaps more knowledge. But uh, since he, he claims that he's not a ladies' man, I, I, I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, anyway, no, I... I just wanted to thank him for coming on, spending time. I know you're trying to do uh, a draft as well, and we talked well over what I... Oh, good. Uh, We talked well over what we said we were going to, but thanks for coming on. Thanks for always uh, giving us some love on the old tweet land. Chris always retweets our stuff. I appreciate it. And uh, so Micah hit him with uh, with the question of the week. All right, it's let's get it started, Tyler. Now you need to you need to be listening because this will be coming back at you as well. I already have my answer because I've gotten to mull this over a lot, and it just stumps me. So fair. Give, give me give me one summertime activity that you do not partake in because it doesn't make either a any sense to you is ridiculous or you just have no interest in doing. And it's got to be a summer activity that's like. You know, it can't be random. It's got to be something that's fairly well, like, associated with summer. Because as we know, football's here. Summer is on its deathbed. But give me one summertime activity that maybe everybody else partakes in. And you're just like, why? Why? Chris, you started off. Uh, you won't ever see me at the river. Not really? A river. Yeah, not a river guy. Do you, now, what about a lake? You, can you swim? Is yeah, that uh, yeah I could swim. Okay. I will say this, I am not a very confident swimmer, but like if I'm in a pool, I could get from one end to the other. If I had to jump out of a, uh, a sinking boat, like I'd be okay. okay. Um, I've just never been a, a big water guy. So like even then, like swimming or anything like that, like, I mean, if it's hot enough and there's a pool or like a water park, but like, yeah, you want to ever really see, I have friends, hey, hey, Chris, we're going to the river. You want to go? No, nah, I'm good. I'm going to watch Sports Center. Oh, I like it. That's a, now that's it. That shocks me because yeah, I mean, it, when it's like a hundred degrees outside, the man. So the lake is different. I live now. By why is lake. it different? You need to explain that to me. Why the is the river, lake different? there? There is a, a touch, a hint of danger there with the currents and whatnot. Okay, okay. I feel like like the the lake is a much more low risk. You know what you're getting into. The river is a little, little more danger involved, you know, whatever. So, and then you know, Lake Tahoe is beautiful. There's so many other things you could do. You go uh, to the river, you're locked into the river. Right, right. Okay, so Lake, you're, you go and you hit up Lake Tahoe. I've Lake never Tahoe. been to Lake Tahoe, oh. but I've seen that it. it's beautiful. Uh, it's cool. uh, oh, man, man. Now the thing though about lakes that I don't like is that any any setting in a horror movie. The bad things always seem to come out. They don't come out of a river, you know. No, they come out of the lake or a well. Yeah, was it (laughs) out of the lake? Was it Michael Myers or who was the other guy? Was he hiding in a lake? 
Yeah, he uh, would drown in a lake if I remember right. correctly. And he came out of a lake. So that's a little something eerie to me. You know, a river carries whatever is in it down and away, but a lake, it just <laughs> stays, and it's just there. And I'm just saying, man, you never saw a horror movie movies start out with something coming out of a river. If I off the top of my head, I can't think well, of there's, anything. There's, it's not necessarily a movie. It was a show, but there was that show called the, I think it was like River Monsters or something like that. Okay, well, but that's fish. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not Come Michael on, Myers coming after you. Come on, man. Okay, I, I like it. I like it, though, because that's, I mean, that is a big thing, man. You go hit the river. That's a, I have tons of friends that do. I do that. So that's unfortunate. We can't be very close friends. That's all that, that says. So, <laughs> Tyler, man, what do you got? What do you got summertime activity that you don't partake in? Uh, water fights. I don't like water fights. Ah, I yes. think they're like my wife and their family. They love them and like swimming and just like the water in general, other than fishing. I'm not a huge fan of like, I I'm kind of like Chris. I couldn't care less about going swimming in a lake or yeah. cliff jumping or, you know, like water skiing or things like that. I have a back to protect. Uh, I've got like at least <laughs> I hope. Yeah, I've got like 30 more years and I'm st I'm like on the downward slide already as uh, as far as that goes. So I kind of I kind of keep it safe. Like I'll go out in the boat. I'll ride the boat around. Uh, but I like to fish out of said boat. I don't really like to jump off of it or, or swim or anything like that. So you probably won't find me at the pool and you won't find me in the middle of a water fight. I will go upstairs and lock the doors so I I can't get all wet in my clothes. That's yeah, one of my pet peeves is getting wet in my street clothes. I hate it. It drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah. Uh, so if shirt I'm gets not, all clingy and everything yeah. like that. If yeah. I'm not like yeah. in swimming clothes or, you know, like prepared to, to participate in things like that, I get pretty, pretty upset. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I can see that because also then when you're running around too in wet clothes, like I just, I hate that feeling. That's like, get it off. Like, and I can't run around naked because apparently <laughs> right. society doesn't accept that. So ground upon in this establishment. Right. right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what makes absolutely no sense. And this is going to, in my opinion, it tops in both. Why in the world, how have we associated s'mores with summertime? You're asking me after a hundred degree day to now build a fire, sit around it, while it is still hot outside and roast <laughs> s'mores. How, 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 where does that even come in and make any kind of sense? Here in Idaho, it's like 100, 105 in the summertime. So at the end of the day, of a hot day, you know, even if you've been to the river or the lake, it's still hot outside. Oddest part of our day is like between six and seven o'clock in the afternoon. So then it's it doesn't officially start really getting cooler by maybe about 10 o'clock at night. But even then it's probably still, 80, 85 degrees outside. Now, at 85 degrees, I'm going to go out and build a campfire and sit around it and roast s'mores. That makes no sense. That's where I, you bring my lake into play because at Tahoe, regardless of the time of the year, it always gets chilly in the evening. Okay, okay, so maybe it's just where I live. I <laughs> it's probably, maybe this is just regional. 
because <laughs> that has absolutely made no. Everybody, you see it in the commercials, you know, in the in the truck commercials. Everybody's gathered around <laughs> the fire, you know, under the stars. They've got a fire going in the middle of the prairie, and I'm like, yeah, right. You'd have the prairie would be burned down, or you'd have like the Forest Service on you, get slapping you with like a two thousand dollar fine. Yeah. Um, uh, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me because it's like bloody hot. Now I'm going to make a fire, roast s'mores. I don't get it. Maybe, maybe some of our lists, maybe that is, maybe it's just a regional thing. I guess, I guess I uh, I'm just mad for no reason now. I find out. <laughs> I just need to move, dang it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you make fires all summer long to cook things while it's no. 150 degrees no, outside? That's on a barbecue. Totally different. <laughs> and I've seen some it. YouTube videos of you building a fire. Eh, not in the summertime. I, uh, I I'm calling baloney. I'm calling baloney. The thing, the thing that's different, though, about shores is, is everybody gathers around like the fire. Yeah, no, but see, everybody gathers around the fire, and you're supposed to sit around the fire for the next hour, hour and a half, roasting s'mores, pretending like you're having a fun time. And that's one thing that's <laughs> going on, and you, like, go over, and you flip some meat, and then you close the lid, and you walk away. Like, you don't hang out right above your grill when it's 95 degrees out, and your grill is 375 degrees. You know, you don't do that, unless you're cooking for, like, a family dinner or something like that, unless you're forced to, but you don't do it for, like... The pleasure of it. You're like, hey, I'm going to hang out next to this scalding hot flame in a scalding hot day. Pass me a cold one. Like, makes no sense to me. I don't like s'mores, so I'm I'm okay with you on that one. I I uh, I don't like s'mores. Well, you're a real bugaboo, aren't you, Tyler? Gosh, no. I'm I'm kind of with Tyler on that. Whenever I'm in that situation. I'm never eating a real, a full s'more. I'm either eating the chocolate by itself or uh, just roasting a mallow and then eating the mallow. Yeah. Uh, uh, you see, uh, here's the problem. It's because you guys don't know how to make s'mores. You know, how, <laughs> you know the way to actually make uh, a good s'more is get rid of all the ingredients. You take, you, you roast your marshmallow, then you pull it out. Then you take, you break a Kit Kat bar in half because the okay. Kit Kat bar has the chocolate and the crunch that you're looking for. Then you stick that marshmallow between the Kit Kat bar, and voila, you get rid of one element of the s'more, which is you have chocolate, graham cracker, which nobody can break a graham cracker correctly. Come on. Like, they have the little guided lines on a graham cracker. That's that a lie. fraud. Exactly. The biggest fraud in the food industry that somebody was like, we're going to put little guided lines. It'll just break right along there. You have the perfect little squares or rectangles. That is BS. Um, <laughs> then now you have Kit Kat bars way easier to break and then you just slide that little mellow between the two and you just you go to town from there and man it is it is flavor town my my brother so i'm gonna give that, that one a shot yeah, give it a try you gotta, give it a- you gotta try a, a chocolate chip cookie with a mallow in between two chocolate chip cookies that might change your life too oh that, that, that also sounds pretty good yeah right, you're right, welcome man. we have taken so much of your time man you're we good. really appreciate it Thank you so much. Once again, tell us where we can find you and hit you up. Anything on social media, you can get sports with Chris and you follow me. I will follow you as creepy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> and I love to talk sports. It's all I do. Awesome. Awesome. Chris, man, thank you so much. Have fun at the game. If I'm Enjoy not mistaken, the game, man, yeah. we'll Enjoy. Do. I'll be posting lots of pictures and videos and stuff. Awesome. I shall to- be retweeting them then. Go give them a follow. <laughs> sounds Go. good. Go see what's happening live on Monday night from Chris's uh, Twitter handle. Chris, man, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Appreciate you guys having me. It's been a blast. Awesome. Have a good one.
You too. Peace. Always a good time, Tyler, whenever you can bring Chris into yes, the studio. Is. Again, mad props, Chris. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much for that. Whether it's love advice on Valentine's Day <laughs> or talking about things he doesn't like to do in the summertime, it's always a blast. Chris, always. thanks for coming on, man. Always, and we'll get him back on here, uh, you know, maybe maybe when Oakland plays Denver second time around in Mile High, and we can compare notes, see what's transpired between week one and i don't even what week is I that think we week played 17 okay I think so it's, it's the last game of the year so it's it's bookends man it's the beginning and the <sighs> end so um so we'll have to get back on hopefully at that point uh the raiders will be vying for a wild card spot and it'll be a big game and uh or better yet we'll already have a wild card spot we won't even care um uh so, anywho, but I thought it was really interesting. A name that he brought up that I feel like has been kind of lost in the shuffle is uh, the Philip Lindsay, the running back for Denver. Got to keep an eye on that guy because he was tearing it up in the league last year. Um, and now he's going to be back. And I do worry a little bit about that. But I do feel like if there's one strength Oakland has, it is stopping the run. They do seem like they have a pretty solid. And I like Hankins, Hurst, PJ, Cleland. Key. I like the front that we've got to be able to do that, including Legit. the line. Yeah, I've a perfect. You know, I like the linebackers we have to help to to stop that. So um, I think it's going to be a good game, but I think it's going to be a blowout. I honestly do, Tyler. I think it's thirty-one thirteen. Tyler, I, think, I love it. I, I hope think, you're right. Because here's my thing. I'm thinking about you've got a brand new quarterback in his system, so I think it's going to be a brand new head coach. I think it's going to be a vanilla offense. They're going to rely heavily on the defense. And I think it's Carr and Gruden's second year, man. I think they're going to open this baby up, and it, they're just going to let loose on the national stage come Monday night. And I like think, a can of tuna. Right. Wait. What? I thought you were going with a cannon. A can of tuna. What? I don't know. It just sounded like it seemed fun at the time. Just okay. open them up like a can of tuna. Uh, open it. Oh, okay. All right. I I can roll with that. I you know can of spam problem, maybe if you I would, haven't, if you well, would rather. No, I would roll with the tuna. Um, okay. Because and I haven't opened tuna in a while. But I digress. And I have I, I I did too. But I I have a thought that I wanted to bring up with Chris, yet I didn't. Is Fangio? Yes, he's had success. Has I wanted to ask him, has he ever been the head coach? Has he ever been the guy to have to be over the defense and the offense and the special teams and and personnel? Has he ever had to do that before? And it would be interesting to see if he hasn't. Now, you know, Jack Del Rio was a decent uh, defensive coordinator during his time in Jacksonville and during, well, during his time in uh, 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 Denver as well. My gosh, it's too late. My brain is not working. (laughs) Um, He was a decent, a decent defensive coordinator. But then when he came to Oakland, the defense was still horrid. It was still putrid. They never fixed it. Can, can Fangio be the guy that fixes everything because I feel like that's what you have to do in this league to be successful you have to know what the offense is doing if you're offensive minded you have to know what the defense is also doing even though you spend most of the time with the offensive side of the ball you can't just be oh yeah I'm a defensive coach 
I, I look at the defense and I don't do anything else. You, as a head coach, you have to make sure that everything is firing on all cylinders. And my question is then, can Fangio do that? He can do the defense. Can he also run all other aspects of the team? And we will find that out this year. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a valid point. And I think, yeah, we're going to find out Monday night. Um, we're going to find out a lot of things. We're going to find out just how good this offense is, how far defense has come. Uh, because uh, while I don't think Denver's offense um, is anything terribly, you know, it's it, I'm not, I'm, it doesn't strike fear into my heart, at least anyway. It's still going to be a solid offense. I don't think it's, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not like no. going against like, you know, dolphins or something like that. Right, where you're right, just right. like, well, what in the world? We should, you know, have no problem even with a poor defense. We should be pretty solid against this team. Uh, so we're going to find out just how far we've come, and especially on the the bookends, man. Key and Cleveland Farrell getting the nodding start there, as we've seen on the roster, um, uh, which I think leads me. Do do we get it? And I would goal? say I would say the bookends on on the other side of the ball yep. too with Miller, yep. and we talked about that Miller and Brown. So that both. Both ends of both lines are are gonna be the the a talking point probably whether good or bad. Yes, yes. So um, we had one call this week, didn't we, Tyler? I believe we, we did. Should we? We get had right a in? call. Yeah, let's. Uh, the Burton has graced us uh, with his yes. presence again, and uh, never tire of hearing from the man. He's got some great ideas uh, this week. So uh, without further ado. The Burton. Tyler, Micah, this is James Burton. The Burton listening to your podcast was enjoyable, man. Always appreciate it. Love the uh love some of the sarcasm towards the uh national media, beat writers and so forth. And and along that line, uh, according to a source Skip Bayless, I think, or Stephen Smith or Colin Cowherd or someone, is reporting that John Gruden's actual plan, he's calling it the, the ski plan. We all know he he absolutely hates Derek Carr, and, and Derek Carr's not really going to start. It will change before the year. Nathan Peterman was going to be the starter, but unfortunately, he's on IR now. So so Gruden is, is actually, according to a source, bringing back uh, – Bruce Gradkowski to start. He's he's getting rid of uh, our, our Daniel Carson, uh, Carlson, which has been a great kicker. He's bringing uh, Janikowski back out of retirement. He's not going to uh, sign Incognito or or continue to keep Incognito on the roster since he has a suspension. He's going to bring in uh, Stefan Wisniewski. And then as far as the linebacker spot is concerned, y'all were talking about how it's a little thin. And this is possibly the biggest surprise of all. But we all know, according to the national media, that John Gruden is obsessed with veteran players. He doesn't like young players. He's obsessed with veteran players. And and going beyond what anybody would expect, Gruden, according to a source, is bringing out of retirement Bill Romanowski to fill the linebacker spot. So he's calling it the ski plan, according to according to a source. So looking forward to these transactions for the Raiders rosters. All these Raiders roster, all this should be done within the next couple of days to get ready for the Monday night opener against the Broncos. Anyway, 
in all seriousness, man, I do appreciate y'all's rundown on the roster. Uh, one thought on the linebacker position, and, and maybe I'm trying to console myself because I, like you, think it's a bit thin, although I don't know who they should have kept. I usually am a little biased towards Penn State linebackers, so therefore I kind of liked Cabinda, uh, but I probably was a little biased. It seems like Penn State just has a history of, of, of churning out some great linebackers. But I, I'm thinking that the reason why they're thin at the linebacker is because they're just going to play a lot of nickel. And they're going to have those safeties. And, and that one safety, too, that made the team, Levitt, I think his name is, maybe I'm wrong about that. I was a little surprised on that, too, because he's horrible in coverage. But from what I understand, he's good in special teams. And, and I bet you he's going to – you know you talk too much when you get cut off on the voicemail. But I had to continue this thought, guys. Um, I really believe that they're going to be playing that nickel and they're going to be bringing – a lot of of bat, defensive back safeties, namely down in the box or on on safety or even corner blitzes. We saw a little hint of that against the Cardinals. I, I, I'm I'm hoping that's the plan. They've got a lot of a lot of DBs. They kept a lot of DBs. So my my thought is there's going to be there's going to be four down linemen on almost on on all of their sets. And there's going to be a lot of times five DBs in the game, and, and so therefore only two linebackers. So that's that's what I'm thinking. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I'm I'm feeling good about the season. Excited, obviously, about Monday night. A little bit, a little bit uh, nervous, of course, because you know this is where we really see what the Raiders have. I'm probably most nervous about the offensive line, simply because we're playing the Broncos. And, you know, they've got the crazy, the crazy good Von Miller. And then, you know, Bradley Chubb, man, the young, the young pass rusher. So hoping that our offensive line can keep them guys off Derek. I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of quick, quick releases, a lot of, a lot of slants, especially to begin with, uh, to see how that line is doing. But looking forward to it, guys. And thanks again for your podcast. And, uh, hey, man. I hope y'all get tired of hearing from me because I listen and I always want to comment. Y'all guys always uh, talk real stuff. And you get, like I said before, man, I'd rather listen to y'all than, than these guys like on ESP. I just don't listen to any of that mess. They're just so full of it. Anyway, Tyler and Micah, I'll call you after the game and hopefully it's to celebrate a win. Just win, baby. Go Raiders. Do-do-do, do-do-do-do. All right, Mr. Burton, he is, uh, <laughs> Micah, he's got some ideas there that don't seem too terrible. Um, no. I- I'm, I'm digging Bruce Gradkowski coming back. Yes. I'm digging the Romo, the return of the Romo cop, if you will. And, uh, we could use some help at linebacker. I'm Romanowski was in camp talking to AB, uh, allegedly, my sources tell me that AB talked Romanowski into coming back, getting off the roids, and getting clean, so, um, (laughs) that, that's just, that's just my source, though, so, anyway, no, Burton, thanks for the call, man, always appreciate, uh, always appreciate hearing from you, and, uh, yeah, great call. That was good stuff, as always, um, now, I think we should get into one one man that we've mentioned several times. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff goes on for the podcast. One, Courtney Birch. 
I had also some predictions for this game. Um, He sent these to us. He said he thinks Carr goes 21 for 35, 310 yards and two touchdowns. That's a solid night for sure. Jacobs, 20 carries for 102 yards and a touchdown. AB has seven catches. That's a third of the catches. Wow. Um, 110 yards and two scores. Raiders win at 24-17. Everybody's coming in except for myself. Everybody's coming in with about a, about a touchdown. Oakland wins by about six, seven points. Um, Holy cow, I didn't even realize that he guessed the same score I did. Yeah, yeah. Ah. So so uh, everybody's all the way across the board, which you, if you've listened to the show with any amount, for any amount of time, you know that we don't homer pick. I'm not sitting here saying, and Tyler isn't either, that this is a... 15 and one team or a 14 and two team and we're super bowl bound we're honest we're honest about what we think is going to happen but across the board for week one uh the broncos do not seem like that much of a threat at least in our minds everybody's going with a raider win uh which i think is very plausible i i I actually I don't think it's far fetched at all. No. In fact, actually I think I would be a little bit surprised if we lost. And honestly, with a new head coach, a new quarterback, Flacco isn't exactly uh like I've said before, some a name that strikes fear into my heart. Um so uh, maybe I'll be wrong, man. Maybe this time next week I'll be going, "Oh my gosh, either we're really bad or this Denver team is really good and we just underestimated it." Um, but I think not. the only thing that kills us is if we kill ourselves with turnovers. Um, and if the defense is just staunch from the from the Broncos, if we can't get anything going, if it becomes a defensive struggle, uh, yeah, I, I could see at that point, maybe, you know, we just it. Right. Right. If we Denver's can't. Defense, it's like a close game, like you know, like thirteen ten or something weird right. like that. Right. Yeah. If Denver's defense is coming out and they're playing like the best defense in the league, and then all of a sudden we're going, holy cow! It doesn't matter who we've got on offense. This is they're shutting AB down. You know, Jacobs is is having a tough time on the ground. Like, yeah, we're in a we're in for you know whoever can get into field goal range. Which I like our field goal kicker, man, Carlson. I think this is going to be a guy that. Might even pull our chestnuts out of the fire a time or two this year. Um, but uh, I do have to say, before the season start, You've never heard that saying, Tyler? Never. <laughs> that one got only to you, for, Only for me several times. I oh. Think, I, I, oh, man, where have you been? Chestnuts out of the fire. That's... that's Just in that King Cole song. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, oh. Wow. Okay. I yeah yeah pull my chestnuts out. Yeah, but they were roasting over the fire. Uh, I, now I have to say I've never roasted a chestnut over the fire. Have no, you? no, nor have I. Interesting. You know what else apparently is really good over the fire? Bread and cheese. Roasting like, cheese uh, over the fire, melting it on slices of bread. Apparently, that's a big thing back in jolly old England, and I know this uh, because I watch a lot of BBC movies and I've seen it. Are you talking about a good old American grilled cheese sandwich? No, I'm just talking bread and cheese on a stick over your fire in the heart. How does it stay on a stick? I don't know, man. Uh, actually, uh, you know, actually I don't know how that stays on a stick. My guess is that they pierce the cheese, um, or maybe they soften the cheese a little bit. Then they, you know, they smash the slices on either side and then they finish, you know, giving that bread a crisp over the fire. 
So, um, but yeah, it is a thing. Bread and cheese. Maybe, maybe one of our English friends, because we do know we have people across yeah, the pond. Yeah, there are some listeners in England. Yes. Uh, uh, Let us, us know. This sounds, this sounds odd to me. I'm, no. like, I'm thinking of like a good grilled cheese. Like I could see like a grilled cheese sandwich. I'm having a hard right. time envisioning how you, how you do that without the cheese either dripping off of the stick Oh, I, I'm just having a hard time envisioning yeah, how super, that functions. Yeah, no, that and that would be tough with grilled cheese because there's no way you could keep the meat on. Right. There, so. Yeah, there's yeah, unless there was like a prong or something like. And I you think ha- that's how it is. I think you it's hold prong. it. Okay. Well. Yeah, it's like a I trident think, kind of. You thing. ever roasted Starburst? No, I haven't, but I've heard it's delicious. It's delicious. Oh. So it may be sort of like that, where it's like super melty, but you have to, you know, turn the handle quickly. Right, right. Interesting. Anyway, I digress. I do have to I have to make this claim before the season starts, is that I did say Arden Key would be in, have an eight sack season or better. Um, so it needs to go onto the airwaves. So it's. Do out you there. remember? Do you remember just for kicks and giggles? Do you remember what your bold prediction was for last year? Oh, no, I don't. Because I remember mine. It Wait, was. Did I had say the do- Raiders were going to win ten games? I don't know. No, mine no, was about no. Marshawn Lynch. Mine was that Lynch was going to have twelve rushing touchdowns. I think he had like three. Yeah, that was unfortunate. That stunk. Um. Uh. So. So this gets us into this topic before we wrap up the show. So I've got key. Uh. My bold prediction. I've got Arden Key an eight plus sack season. Uh. That I'm gonna go. Josh Jacobs wins offensive rookie of the year. That's my I like prediction. that. Uh, Josh Jacobs, just because I. Besides Kyler Murray and maybe David Montgomery. And obviously, maybe there's some unknown rookie. Like Singletary, maybe that, out of Buffalo. Maybe, but I just, I think with, with the offense that Gruden likes to run, I think Josh Jacobs is going to be featured uh, in just in so many ways. Catching out of the backfield, pounding the rock. Um, I like him to have numbers that, that, that put him into the offensive rookie of the year conversation. And not only in the conversation, my bold prediction is he wins it, Tyler. He wins it. Hear me now, believe me later. So, what do you got? You got anything for the nation for bold predictions before the season gets underway? Because after it gets underway, that it all shuts off. You can't make any more bold predictions. Hmm. I will boldly say that Carr finishes. No, he's going to finish the season with. 4,800 yards passing. Ooh. And like he is, a- he's going to have 24 touchdown passes and three inter... No, I'm going to say five interceptions. 24 seems kind of low. Low? Yeah, 24 touchdowns in 16 games. But maybe not. You know, maybe with a run-heavy offense. That's almost too... Well... Fine, I'll go thirty. How's that? Well, I, I like that. Almost two a game. That's almost that two seems a game. To me, that seems, One in, that, that seems more bold than twenty-four. Okay, I think. All right, I, there were a lot of quarterbacks. Maybe last the first year one. So 24. I might as well. I'll go forty-eight hundred yards. Yeah, thirty touchdowns, and let's go eight picks then, just there for for kicks and giggles. I like it. 
I like and that that's on the offensive side. On the defensive side right. of the ball, since you had you had an offensive one and a defensive ball, uh, we will go. Um, let's say I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know what what we look at. Maybe Abram. Maybe no. Conley. I like Conley. Perfect. Um, I'm get, maybe. You know, let's let's say as a defense as a whole, we have 24 sacks, more than wow. doubling our total than la- from last year. I like it and plausible. I honestly do think that is plausible. That okay. I think it's a. Uh, I think we had 13 last year. I'll say 28 sacks for the defense as a whole. I like it. I like it. There's some bold prediction going on. Enjoying that. All right, Tyler, anything for the nation before we put a bow on this podcast less than a week away before the opening of the season? I just want to say, as the last season in Oakland approaches us, let us go out with a bang and fireworks, and I am so looking forward to the stadium just blaring and rocking so that I can hear it here in New Mexico. Like, I want Raider Nation to be so loud that it causes a miniature earthquake. And (laughs) I just, I hope that we have a great, you know, here's to a great season. One last hurrah in Oakland. It deserves the last hurrah. Let Let us support our troops and uh, let's have a fun year, shall we? Like it, it just seems like every year we're looking to the draft at the middle of September, and it's not fun. Let's right. have a fun year where we're like hoping to get a wild card spot. Freak! Let's just let's say let's let's hope for the the division crown for crying out loud. But Love let's it. have fun. Let's have you know we're gonna have fun here on the pod. We're going to also bring you news and real life situations and we're not going to, you know, put bows and butterflies on stuff that doesn't deserve butterflies. But gosh dang it, let's have some fun this year and I hope that uh, the season that I have in mind comes to fruition because I really think it's going to be a good year. We're going to have some growing pains Mm -hmm. on defense. But that offense's side of the ball is just too too many weapons. I think it's going to be a fun year. Yep, I agree. I agree. There you go. I love it, Tyler. I love it. Raider Nation, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We will see you in the next episode. Just win, baby. 